0: The ABC's Word Wizard, the Lord of Language. A word in your ear with Professor Raleigh Sussex.
1: That's right, Raleigh Sussex is our Lord of Language. So, Roly if you're the Lord of Language, um, Emeritus Professor Tor Hundlo is with us as well as your special guest. Uh, what are you then? You're the Green Viking, I hear, Tor. That's, that's part of your... Uh your bio officially, you're screwing up your face, but it's out there. I haven't <laughs> well, just
0: made it up. I'm on radio so they can't see my face. Oh, that's thank why I describe it. Yeah, thank God. Yes, yeah, the green Viking. well, i my dad was Norwegian, I went to school in Norway uh, and um well, People, someone labelled me the Green Viking. You're not I'm, green though. No, I'm not green, but I've got a. <laughs> You're not a Hulk. Not a Hulk. No, but I, I'm involved in uh, green matters, uh, you know, environmental matters. Environmental
1: economy? Yes, indeed. Okay, this is good. And this is so my key question actually is uh, Rolly, how do I describe th- what is the plural of you two? Like, what are you? You're both emeritus professors? In Latin, professores emeriti. Professores emeriti. Emeriti. There you
2: go. And you get two for the price of one, as it were. That's excellent.
1: In Latin? Yes. In Latin. Okay. What about in English?
2: People would very seldom have more than one in in a room at the same time. I know.
1: (laughs) We're incredibly lucky here this (laughs) morning, you know, to have this.
2: They say alumni, all right. It ends in the letter I. So we'd probably be emeriti. Except that in Latin, that would suggest that we are female, which is manifestly not true. Mm, I agree.
1: A C- couple of learned blokes here. So, uh, <laughs> <Petants>. pro- professors, <laughs> and we're very grateful for that too as well. Uh, so that's a clear plural there. There's a couple of pedants here. Uh, and uh, talking the uh, language of the economy, Roly, take it away.
2: Economics is extraordinarily interesting from the language point of view, because if you're doing medicine, you get phrases like ankylosing spondylitis.
1: Do you really? Which
2: is a type of arthritis, and it's special and it's technical and it's only medical. But if you look at economics, you find things like inflation and hedge, which are ordinary words, but they're not used in ordinary senses. And that's why we need someone like Hor to explain. And um, even economics itself, originally it was oikos, which is the Greek word for house. And nemein, which means managing. So economics was originally managing your household. Right. And it was originally oikonomics before before it became economics.
1: Oikonomics.
2: Or economics, actually, depending on where you come from.
1: Economics. Yeah. Economics. Ask Tor. Tor.
2: Or
0: economics. But, yeah, oikos, um, I'm, as you pointed out, both an environmental scientist and an economist, and... Um, the word ecology come, has the same root, same Greek root. So... Managing... The bigger picture, outside of your house. Ah. Aha, manage in the house, economics, outside the house, ecology. Okay. Bring the two
1: together and there you go. So all of, some of these ordinary words that are used in economics, I've been talking about bulls and bullish. So what does it mean when the stock market is rather bullish? Well, if you look at a bull...
0: Look at the bull's horns. They go up. So you believe the stock market. Prices are going up if you're bullish. Now, the, the opposite is a bear. Now, look at a bear, a big bear. Its paws go down. It's pushing down. Prices go down.
2: That's the origin of those two terms.
1: Do we know why, how that started? No, Any nope. idea, Rolly?
2: People, why why do you have bulls and bears rather than two other animals? I don't know, but, but that's exactly right. Bulls strike upwards with the horns, bears push downwards, they'll sort of swipe downwards, and so if it's a bear market, you know, the prices are going down. And that's the way okay. conventionally, this is what I mean, ordinary words used in special ways.
1: It is fascinating. Ten past ten, and Professors Emerity are with us. Yeah, Rolly Sussex and Tor Hundlow, and we're talking language of the economy. Uh, Some of your calls coming through as well, and we will get to you. Another one that you mentioned, hedge, Tor. Hedge. So what does that mean in economics? Well,
0: hedge is a good example. We'll go back to animals. You're a, a bookmaker and you're taking bets on a horse, lots of bets, and it's a favourite, and you think, gee whiz, if this favourite gets up, I'm in trouble, so to hedge, to be protective, to de- defensive, risk-averse, all those words, I, the bookmaker, go to another bookmaker and back the that favourite. Oh. Yeah, so if the punters win, I've got to pay out, but I'm also a punter, so I win. So hedging is, is really being risk-averse.
1: What if every single bookie does that,
0: though? Well, they all do that, and, you know, we end up with a fine cotton sort of situation. <laughs> you better explain that now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The horse fine cotton. (laughs) You can look it up if you don't remember what happened there. Um, Okay, so hedge is is used to protect yourself in the sense that we have a hedge on land. Yeah.
2: Yes. It's as simple as that. A hedge protects your paddocks from other animals, from wind or whatever. And so hedging your bets, you know, that that phrase is part of of English as well. It's a kind of insurance policy in the background. Mm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd like to ask Tor about short and long. Yes. Because those are very confusing. Oh, short and long. Well,
0: look, Roly and I both uh, follow a certain type of football and you can kick long and kick short, like partial. Which
1: type of football?
0: Oh, AFL, I think. The only type.
1: Okay. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> You've got to love it. You've got okay, to love sorry, it. Hang but... on, hang on. Who do you go for? <laughs> yeah. Tor?
2: I'm a Carlton... Wow. Yeah, we're coming good, I think.
1: Okay, you reckon? Oh, yeah. What about you, Rolly?
2: I grew up with the cats. Last night is not worth talking about. Okay, we'll move on then. And but I at then least we
1: know now We now know this about I've got, you. I've got
2: two teams. I've also got Brisbane.
1: Okay, yeah. Well, oh, that's, so have I.
2: Which is, which is hedging my bets, I suppose.
1: Oh! Yes, so have I.
2: We've both got Brisbane. Oh, so, yes. Okay,
1: that's fine then. Uh, so we've cleared that. I love these diversions that we have. Okay, so uh, long trade and a short trade in economics.
0: Well, a long trade, you're thinking basically long term. You're going to buy some shares or stocks, depending if you're English or American, and you're going to keep them because you think the price is going up. Now, a short trade is a little bit more tricky because you're really, you get to borrow some shares. Now, how, how this happens is interesting and sell them immediately because you think the price is going down and then you buy them back and give them back to the person you borrowed them for. Is this all making sense? No, yes. No, oh, no it's not.
1: But I need is, the buzzer that I use with Olivia <laughs> Maragno,
0: who comes this, on but, at 11. But, but, <clears throat> but this, is, this is how it happens. Uh, you and I and, you know, Roly, we don't do that. But, yeah, you know, the guys who are playing, yeah. speculating the market, that's what they do. They borrow shares. They borrow shares and uh, they sell them immediately And then they, because they believe the price is going to go down, so they buy them back and they can give the shares back and they've made a profit. Short and long. So it's really having a long-term view that you're going to do well.
2: And you just sit with it,
0: yes? Yes, you sit with it. Or the short is you're thinking, well, gee, the price is going to drop and I'm going to, mm, I'm, I'm a speculator, a gambler, and if anything goes wrong, well, you're going to be short of cash
1: one that you used when uh, we were preparing for this segment on words in the economy, I hadn't heard this phrase used, animal spirits. Oh, animal spirits comes from a famous 20th
0: century economist, John Maynard Keynes. I've heard about him. You're Good, good. And he tried to explain what I was just talking about, short and long and, you know, and uh, basically he said that people... Particularly those who are buying shares and speculating, um, do it not that rationally. This animal spirits. I mean, just think about—we're we talking about animals before. Economics seems to have taken borrowed from zoology, but it's 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 this psychological thing that we is very. You can't rationally explain it. Um, and anyone who's interested, just go and read John Maynard Keynes.
1: Um, yeah, just go do that this weekend. Yeah, yeah, it won't take long. No, <laughs> <laughs> or just listen to Tor Hunlow and Rolly Sussex oh, r- this morning. R- r- Rolly's probably got a. Uh, uh,
2: do you a have any r- thoughts
1: on animal spirits?
2: Well, they they suggest some some in- instinctive sort of giving into your to your um, non-rational side.
1: Instinctive.
2: So you, yes, it's the vibe It's the vibe. So a you, vibe, your you vibe. So you you leap in. Alright, you got these you borrowed these shares, you sell them quick, you, you, you buy them back and you made a profit, you put the money in your pocket, you sell the, give the give the ones back to the original guy and, and you're you're laughing all the way to the bank. If it all works. If it all okay, works. Occasionally. That's a big caveat.
1: Don't take um, financial advice from Rolly and Tor this morning, by the way. Hey, um, Steve's called in from the Sunshine Coast about bears and bulls. Steve, what do you think?
3: I have, and I normally admire your intellect, guys. Um, <laughs> I'm not having a go at you, but I just think that... I, how do you know that? Because unless you know who who made up those terms when, uh, I dispute the bears and the bulls.
1: Well, what well, do I, you I, reckon it is then, well, Steve? Well,
3: I reckon uh, when something's bull, like a team... A football team's bullish, it's aggressive, right? A bull charges. So a charging market, you'd charge normally up. It puts a fear in you, doesn't it, at the bull's charge. So I would equate bullish um, as a, a, a rising market on that front, which equates to a bull, OK? Bear, well, a bear's a big fearsome thing too, but if the cupboard's bear, not much in it. And when you've got a bear market, you haven't got many buyers. Now, according to your theory of the horns pointing up, why wouldn't you call it, say, a Christmas tree market? Because Christmas trees also point up. So I'd question your logic, and I'd wonder really where you found that origin to come from, guys. Over to you. Oh, ah. Steve, you're not That's... having
1: a go, but you're having a go. I love it. Uh, OK, well, I don't know about the cupboard being bare, yeah. tall. Uh, maybe he's got a point, though, with a well, charging at... bull and bears hibernate. Well, yes. Other behaviour from the... Uh, from the animals. <laughs> yes, indeed. Look, I, I, I think he's got a point. I, and
0: actually, I think that we could probably change all The next textbook, Oh, right. I think I'll put that <laughs> ex- explanation in there. <laughs> but yeah. I, I, I do love
1: it. I mean... Just look, drop that in there for you, Steve. For yeah, it it's look, books. Steve,
0: it's, it's, you know, it, 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 as Roly put it out, it's somewhat irrational, somewhat, you know, who knows where these things came from, but certainly um, the explanation that we gave is, is the conventional
2: one. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're you getting unconventional
1: that. disagreements <laughs> yeah. here today. This is
2: the way the terms are used, and they're now established as being part of economic talk and uh, if you tried to do something different you'd have quite a, a lot of work trying to introduce some some kind of alternative so whatever the origin and remember working out origins of things is often really shaky you know you you go back as far as you can you get the earliest possible explanation which sounds plausible and if it's consistent with what else you know then it stands yeah and that, that's the best we have um, but uh, you know there, there could be other other origins for bears and bulls but as it is the markets understand this really well you know and if and if a a bull if a bull market is bullish market is turning bearish uh, then you better quickly readjust your priorities okay i've got another one for i want to know about fiscal and monetary
0: oh yes uh Fiscal is is actually an interesting word. Monetary d- deals with money and the Reserve Bank uh, who plays around with of interest rates and they're getting lower and lower and lower. Um, that's monetary policy. Fiscal policy, in a nutshell, is where governments tax and spend. So, in managing the what we call the macro economy, the big economy, as opposed the micro economy. Okay, more t- more jargon. Um, governments use fiscal policy if they want to. Uh, certainly get things moving faster, they might spend more. Uh, monetary policy, reducing interest rates, uh, it in, can increase them too, but reducing them is ideal if you want people to spend more too. But we're finding out that interest rates are getting lower and lower and lower and they're not having the impact that um, economists thought they would have. Mm. So mm. It's, that's it, monetary and fiscal.
2: And why would it not work at the moment? Oh, dear me. um short version. The short version. <laughs> the short version. Oh, if I said
0: the theory's wrong, <laughs> that's the really short version, Rolly. Okay.
1: So uh, there's fiscal tools to manage the economy and there's monetary tools.
0: Yeah, tools like pools.
1: Yes, that's right. Is that how you say pool? By the way, there was a big debate at the ABC um, editorial meeting and on Cat Feeney's afternoon show yesterday about how to say pool. Do mm. you say pool? Pool.
0: Um,
2: pools, tools, fools. Cool. Uh, uh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Among some younger people, this is sort of a pool, Ooh, like school, Ooh. School. Oh, that as well, yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. All right, that's done then. We've got another call. Uh, talkwill. Is that how I say it? In Kalanga? Yeah,
2: that's, that's right.
1: Oh, you could be another tour. <laughs> We've got that's the tour the show on today. What's
3: what, part of the origin.
1: Love it. What, what do you want to uh, talk well, about?
3: Well, uh, mine's not um, economic, but just we I talking to a bloke and, uh, just recently and I said, oh, you're a bit Ikey. And everyone goes, where'd that word come from? Mm. I've never heard it before. And That's I what? said, oh, it usually means a bit tight, you know, Scottish.
1: What did you mean by it?
3: Well, it, it just means that, um, you, you know, you go and buy cheap things. You know, you, you, you don't sort of... Um, you you're tight as... Yeah. yeah
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. All right. Well, I didn't say what your tie does, but we—I'm think most people know. But um, have you heard that, Rolly? Oh, I can. I've heard
2: it, but not for a very long time.
1: Okay. And
2: uh, you know, someone who doesn't want to reach deep into their pockets. Yeah but I'll, I'll chase that one down and see if we can find it.
1: You. You've got pretty deep pockets, haven't you? So we're getting <laughs> on to the economy here. This really <laughs> is about spending. <laughs>
2: yes. Uh, like like Riley, I
0: haven't heard it for a long time too, but it was quite popular all <laughs> 30, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the or- one or- origin, but we won't use it on air.
1: Yeah. Mm. It's not very kind no. No. Okay, well, we can just say tight as. 22 past 10 on ABC Radio Brisbane <laughs> and Queensland. Emma Griffiths with you through till midday. For another 10 minutes or so, you have the uh, two learned Professor Emeriti in front Professor of you. Professor
2: Emeriti. Oh, the You're full Latin. He wants <laughs> me to go the full
1: Latin. Roly Sussex, of course, with you every Saturday at this time with his friend Tor Hundlow today. Can I say
0: MO I love? M-O, I love. I M mm, O. You may. Whom? Um, um. Oh, well, I love what she's saying. Oh, oh right. right, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's good. Excellent. Listen, <laughs> tell my bosses. That'd be great. Um, who have we got now? Ellen in Sangate. Hi, Ellen. Hi. What do you want to talk to them about, those boys, it's these ones? to
3: do with anything big and major, but it's something that's really annoys me. People will often use the term, They mean get off something, but instead of just saying get off the trampoline, they say get off, get off the, oh, I can't even do it. They put an of in there.
1: Oh, get off of the trampoline. Yeah, that annoys me yeah, too, it, he Ellen. He took it
2: from off of the shelf and so on. Why? Uh, Why, Rolly?
1: Why is this happening?
2: It's a mistake and people edit because, you know... You can use of and off to mean the same thing in certain phrases. But this one, you know, from off of is terrible. And, you know, I took it from the shelf is fine. I took it from off the shelf is permissible. I took it from off of the shelf is diabolically bad.
1: Mm. Yes. Well, take it from Rolly. Don't use it. Thank you very much, Ellen. And we take all questions, minor and major. Rolly.
2: I've got another one for Tor. And this is inflation and hyperflation and stuff because that went that was what went wrong with Germany in the 30s and was it Uganda was doing it very badly? oh Zimbabwe did Zimbabwe, it very,
0: yes, yes. very look basically if you just put too much money into the economy and uh, there's a term quantitative quantitative easing which really means governments' putting money in there if you put the more money you put in all other things being equal which has got a uh, uh, a Latin phrase which uh, mm. Rowley can explain all of the things being equal the more money you put in so prices will go up the hyperinflation is when the government's put in heaps of money hyper heaps uh, that's my interpretation okay. and um you know it's and prices are changing daily i mean i've I was in Italy some many, many years ago, and uh, it might have been Greece, so it was both places, and my change after spending $10 was a few lollies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, you yeah, uh, know, wh- the liver or whatever it was wasn't, uh, wasn't worth much. What yeah. sort of lollies? Oh, the ones that would take a long time to chew and they'd pull your teeth out so you'd have to go to a dentist and spend some more money in the local economy, I
2: suppose.
1: Oh, okay, well, so that's a stimulus then. A
2: stimulus. Got to,
1: the that's, economy. A good, that's a
2: good word, yes. Yes. Okay, well, how do you put money into an economy? Oh, you just print it. Yes. Right. You just pass
1: it out, don't um, you?
2: <laughs> uh, these days, governments
0: do it. You pass it out, but governments can do it. I mean, it's uh, money is one of the most intriguing things. I mean, by and large, economists still don't understand it. It's very interesting. We can think about how it came about, of course. Instead of me bringing a couple of kangaroos in... To Roly, and he's gone out in the bush and gathered some, um, you know, some gooseberries, raspberries, strawberries, and barter. Well, or sticky lollies. Sticky lollies, yeah we, yeah. we thought, well, we could have something intermediary, you know, feathers, stones. Eventually, sure got money. It's a long, long story, and, okay. you know, gold and silver, and, but. Yeah, it is a very long story. Yeah.
2: Well, originally gold had value anyway, and then you made it into a coin, but then you took away the gold from the coin and made it out That's of That's
0: right. That's right. You used to, you know, take a little bit off mm. and make more coins
2: out yes. of it. Yes. That's all true. Or you get five pounds, like the old British five pound, which was like a, an almost sheet of paper. It was huge. Yes. Ah.
1: Rolly, what about the different terms that are used to describe money? We don't all call them dollars. Do no, we? Dollars and cents? No,
2: no. Pounds? Well, the dollar came from German Thaler. Uh, and so it but
1: they have the mark.
2: Well, they now have the mark, yes. But the, the Thaler was, a, was a, a, a late medieval or I think Middle Ages thing uh, in, in Germany. And so people have named their currencies uh, according to local words, which mean something valuable in that place. The word dollar has gone you no know, very, very widely across the, the, the now digital world. You know, we had pounds before and when when we became less British, after all, pounds, shillings and pence have gone. Uh, and, uh, and dollar has become very, very widely used, as have there are still, I think, a couple of countries which don't have decimal currency. Uh, but uh, now nowadays, you know, dividing something into a 100 bits is taken to be pretty standard.
1: But there's still some without. Mm. Uh, fa- fa- farthing,
0: farthings,
2: if I are. Uh, oh, uh, oh yes. Farthings were a quarter of a penny and a and a halfpenny was a half a penny. And, uh, and these, again, they, we did have halfpennies when I was very young. So did I. Yeah, I've I had halfpennies. I've never seen a farthing in, in actual care. So I don't think Australia had them. The British did.
1: And why was that bike called a penny farthing then?
2: Ah, that's because it had one big wheel and one small wheel. And so the penny was actually a very large coin indeed. And these were things that you fell off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you stacked it on the <laughs> penny-farthing that's, that's yeah, the, the, the phrase that Thor
2: was thinking about Was, was cateris paribus Which means other things being equal And uh, it, it is used not only in economics You know, other things being equal Is it's actually quite an useful expression Meaning, if we do this We reckon that's going to happen So long as nothing else changes in the background
1: So you sort of mute all the other variables right. you use, yes. assume, they'll,
2: assume they'll stay standard But quantitative easing Is a real fudge. It sounds like opening, you know, letting your belt loose because (laughs) you've had too much dinner. And quantitative easing, easing. Why is it easing?
1: What does it mean, first, Tor? It it means
0: just putting more money in the economy. Yes. Yes. I like when we had that crisis, the global financial crisis. The the Americans, in particular, just poured, had to pour money in. They otherwise things would have really, you know, come unstuck. In lay terms, Uh, so it's just and. I think they use it because they don't want us, when I say they, I'm talking about governments, don't want to be saying, look, we're just putting more money, we're doing something fancy, quantitative, easy. So yeah. I mean, honestly, it's, it's really using a little bit of jargon. to So the average punter, you know, doesn't really get a feel no, for what's going on.
1: I've covered my fair share of federal budgets, actually, I reckon, and by that I mean about three. And, uh, yeah, the jargon is, is flourishing, Yes. in the oh, budget papers, yeah. and it it makes it very dense to... Not, not very know.
2: transparent, is it? No. no. Well, no. It's, a, it's a euphemism, and a euphemism is a nice word to refer to something you're trying... Either it's taboo, or you're trying not to mention something which might be embarrassing, mm. and that's what it is. I want to ask, Tor, if it's possible to tell us why the global financial crisis happened. Is there is there a short version of that? Because we, we are living in the, in the aftermath of it.
0: The short version is bubbles. We've had throughout, um, you know... History, Oh, the South Sea bubble. Yeah,
2: yeah South Sea, the tulip
0: bubble. Uh, it was a real estate bubble and basically a real estate bubble. Uh, and they come... In the United States? Yeah, in the United States, yes, yes. What's a bubble? It's a bubble, yes. Um, yeah, people were just bidding up the price of real estate because there's, and there was speculation going on, hedging and oh, all sorts of weird and wonderful things. Uh, but you've real estate is behind virtually all bubbles. Um, oh, just that, yeah, virtually yeah. all bubbles. Uh, the tulips were not so much real estate, but yeah, yeah irrationality adi- again.
1: Animal spirits. Mm. Mm. I love that term, bubble, actually, because it kind of does very well represent what it is. Like yes. things are blowing up like mad. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: to a point at which it cannot sustain itself, and then you
2: prick it, and then then crash. Yeah, And the tulip bubble was in Amsterdam in the yes. 18th century, was it? Uh, there, there was an enormous inflation of prices of, of, of really exotic tulips. And the more exotic your tulip, the, the the greater the price. And they got to quite quite ridiculous amounts. And then suddenly the prices collapsed. Because yeah. it made no sense. Of course, they would collapse.
1: Yeah. Couldn't sustain itself. It's gone half past ten, but I reckon we can keep you two for a few more minutes. We've got a couple of calls. Uh, here's Keitha at Parkinson. What did you want to talk about, Keitha?
3: The origin of the word skerrick. Uh,
2: ah, okay. I have no idea. That is, in fact, it's got, got an economic link. Yeah. Because. Well, thank it, you, Keitha. Oh. Yeah, it's it, 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 it's Australia and New Zealand, and not a skerrick of information, meaning not the tiniest little bit. But it was also a word used for a halfpenny at one time. So you know. You got
1: a skerrick. Yes. Yes. I,
2: yeah. So I the, haven't got a skerrick. Haven't, haven't got, a, sk- a, halfpenny. Haven't got oh. a halfpenny. Absolutely skint. Gone. Yes
1: fantastic okay that's very good they answer your questions these guys they do know their stuff it's not just a title uh, david oh, on oh, McLay island <laughs> teasing david get me out of this hole what do you want to talk
3: to them about <laughs> good morning gentlemen my good. question is not about finance it's about the word absolutely. Oh, yes. How has this suddenly become the in-word for everybody?
2: Okay. Uh, it's a stronger version of yes, and the story goes that Prince Charles was being interviewed and he wanted something which was going to be more impressive than yes, and so he said absolutely. And everybody else followed suit. And what, our suddenly, Prince Charles? Yes, our Prince Charles. Current Prince Charles. Prince Charles. Well, yes. Yes. Oh, you can claim him. This is, this well, is, it
1: still is our
2: Prince Charles
1: tour. Yeah. yeah?
2: Well, such is the story. And, uh, you know, Emperor's new clothes, people followed the, the leader, and it became enormously overused. Whereas before, it only meant extremely, you know, it was absolutely impossible, meaning totally impossible. Now it means yes, of course, yes, very much yes, emphatic yes. I hope it's going to die.
1: Well, aren't you happy that he said absolutely instead of emphatic yes?
2: Emphatic yes would have been so clunky that no one would have followed
1: it. Yes, emphatically.
2: But we would say that, wouldn't we?
1: Yes, you would. Emphatically yes. Emphatically yes. Okay, Uh, another caller, Alan in Rockhampton. Now, Alan uh, has been wondering about this for at least a week. Alan, what did you want to talk about?
3: Yes, it's the the words honorary and honoree. One is spelt with an a-r-y, and the
2: other one is h-o-n-o-u-r-double-e. Okay, an honoree, this is a North American word, and it means someone who is honoured for something. So that if you get a a medal or a public award or something, you are the honoree. And remember, quite a lot of double words are things which have things done to you, all right? Except for Escapia who's the person who does it, and and the um, the honorary means you are given something because uh, you know you're given it as an act of of, of gracious gift or something. Um, Tor and I might become honorary members of I don't know the uh, uh, some society or other if we'd been rendering good service, and and they would say we will we'll make you an honorary member. Of the ABC, of the ABC. There you go.
1: I I, I can do that. Put that to the end. I, I can definitely. No, I can do that. I'm defi- oh, sure. Oh, okay. Why not? ABC we'll do that. I'll tell David bracket. Anderson. Yeah, honorary. <laughs> 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 That's great, Alan. I'm so glad you called in with that question. Uh, Twenty-five to eleven, economic terms. Are there any in particular that we really need to cover that we haven't done for Hundlow?
0: Oh, gee Oops. whiz! Yeah, the the one I I love is disutility. Now,
1: Why do you love that?
0: Because when I talk to students about disutility, they say, what do you mean, my ute or this ute? Uh Utility is what economists mean by satisfaction. You get utility, uh, you're satisfied. Disutility, you're not satisfied. With what? Well, it could be with with your work. So you get paid to work because you are suffering disutility. You don't like work. Um, if you oh. yes, now, now if if you like your work, you're getting utility. But when you go shopping, you're really looking to be satisfied, and you're looking at the utility of various goods, oranges. Apples, you name it. So utility and this utility are right throughout the economic textbooks and they're used in every lecture. And, uh, yeah, well. Do you
1: like them as terms? Oh, yes,
0: because, you know, they give a little bit of, you know, make economics a little bit different. Oh, yeah, special.
2: Special. But they are, as I said at the start, fundamentally ordinary words which have acquired these... Special technical terms for people who are in the know.
1: Okay, Tor, you're an economist Yes. Uh, and an environmental scientist. Yes. Uh, uh, while I've got you here, I just want to ask: Are we heading for a recession?
0: Uh oh, no. A recession is two uh, periods of, de- of of the economy, um, well, not performing well. It's it's a it's a very technical term that doesn't really mean a. A great deal. We talk about recessions and depressions. Now, for a depression, it's got to go on longer. Uh, Recessions don't mean much at all, other than, you know, people like the Reserve Bank and and folk who get on and talk about these things on radio and TV. Um, You know, mean a little bit, but not real. Depressions are something you worry about. It, we, None of us in this room know of the Great Depression, but I can tell you from history that there was 30% of the Australian population out of work from about 1929 to, to the start of the Second World War. Uh, depressions are, where well, the economy is seriously deflated, recession's only a little bit, and it's got a technical meaning of, you know, it's got to be two periods, and we measure four periods of the year.
1: And it does sound like a very appropriate term to use for what it describes, depression. Showing something
2: which the economists have given us, I think, which is negative growth, which is almost a contradiction in terms.
1: Ah,
0: gee whiz. Now, um, (laughs) interesting. We have stationary uh, situations. We have negative growth. We have positive growth. It depends how you measure growth. Now, traditionally, we measure it in terms of gross domestic product or its variance, GDP, uh, now, what GDP doesn't do is important. It doesn't measure the work that uh, house people do. Uh, it builds in any costs as growth, you know, so we have big pollution and we have to spend a lot of money to clean it up and that's growth. So negative growth is trying to re, uh, adjust for this measure, this GDP, which isn't very sensible and in that sense. Adjust for that and by having negative growth um, well we're not growing, we're going backwards, but it all depends on your measurement and if you're using GDP negative growth can be a good thing. That's good to know. Yeah.
1: Okay. Depends on the spin, I guess. Uh, Rolly, do you have a last word, final word?
2: I've dug one out, which actually co- refers to both of TOR's specialities: economics and e- and environmental science. Which of our natural resources will become exhausted first? And the answer is the taxpayer. <laughs>
0: We're all (laughs) exhausted. (laughs) Uh, I like that. Well, uh, (laughs) yes, maybe I should leave it at that. You can
1: use it in your lectures, (laughs) Tor. I will. Tor Hundlow and Roly Sussex, both uh, emeritus professor. Uh, Thank you very much for your time today. (laughs) On your radio and online. At home or on the road. This is ABC Radio.